All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online podcast. I am super excited because I've got a very special guest on the line all the way from New York City. A little bit about this person. He helps gym owners and personal trainers integrate systems and strategies so they can grow their income and their impact. He's had over 10 years of business development experience, and he's ran multiple studios to over $1 million a year. So without further ado, let me introduce the founder of the Hybrid Launch Program, the one and only Mr. Sashan Nasenka. Sashan, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? Yes, I am great. Uh, Sashan, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up? Have you got one for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the one that I live by every single day is uh, Winston Churchill said, one person with courage is the majority. So that really fires me up because that allows me to ask myself, you know, how much courage do I have every single day to pursue my goals and dreams? Yes, love that. So I'm a fan of a similar one, uh, Tony Robbins quote. What he teaches is assuming there's rapport, assuming there's rapport between two people, whoever's more certain is going to win, right? If there's there's no rapport, you can't bully someone. It's not going to work, right? But if if there's rapport between two people, if you're more certain, you're going to win. So um, that's what I love there. So, hey, Sashan, I've been following you on Instagram for a little uh, little while now. I know what it is you do. But if there's anyone listening to this and they haven't heard of you or they're not sure what you do, uh, give us a quick rundown. What is it you actually do there? Yeah, absolutely. So I pretty much, uh, my background real quick, I'll share real quick my background. Uh, my background comes from finance and banking. I've done that since I was 18 years old. Absolutely hated it. I thought I was going to be an investment banker, make my fortune. Uh, you know, retire at a young age. And I just remember going into my corporate uh, job in San Francisco, California, and just like crying, literally going into the bathroom and crying, right? Um, Because I knew from day one, I wanted to be my own boss. So I actually ended up building a marketing company um, that allowed me to move to Australia, build a company out there. And I realized actually I wanted to get into a fitness space. So Right now, I'm currently helping fitness studio owners, trainers build systems and strategies, just just what you said earlier, in terms of building their revenue and retention. And this is something that uh, is a big problem. Um, Obviously, we we all know what happened with the pandemic. So uh, there's a lot of studio owners that are hurting right now, and I want to be the one that's uh, getting them into that uh, green line. Yes, love it. All right, let's 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 get into it and speak about systems because I know that's that's your thing. I'm I'm a huge fan of them myself. It took me ages to to learn it. You know, it was like I used to think I could just do everything on my own. You know, do everything yeah. on my own, and hey, I got okay. But you know, you, you get burnt out, right? It's like yeah. you get to a point and you can't really have that impact. Like if there's yeah. just me doing everything, there's only so much I can do. But if there's yeah. two people, 
okay, now there's double the amount of stuff we can do, double the amount yeah. of income, double the amount of impact, double the amount of people we can help, right? But as soon as you've got one more person in there, you need systems because it's yeah. not you doing it, everything yourself. So yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to hand it over to you, Sashan. Start where you want to start. Even do a bit of a um, the, the typical client. When they see you, what yeah. do they look like? What are the common problems they face? Let's start with the problems and then we'll, we'll get some solutions. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest things that, we, um, that I've recognized with a lot of the clients is they don't necessarily have the systems from day one, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of people get into the business of, oh, I just want to make the money and they don't actually think about scaling up. And what happens is when you're ready to scale up and when you try to build your systems at that point, let's say, you know, 12 months, 18 months from then on, you're actually backtracking your business. You know, you're bringing on new people. uh, You don't have systems for hiring. You don't have any systems for onboarding. And guess what? Now you're doubling your workload, right? So a lot of the clients that come on, the, one of the first things I actually do is what's called a SWOT analysis, right? It gives me an idea of what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, the threats, the opportunities, the, the whole shebang, just to give me an idea of where the holes are in your system and just having a uh, mental shift in terms of let's get ready to scale up because at the end of the day, I'm sure you can agree that we all get into the business of what, either sell or retire, right? Um, so you really, really want to build systems in place so that you can actually attract investors to uh, buy you out. Yes, love it. And even even another way I look at it, even if, I mean, I, I think you should build everything to sell so that you can, you can sell the business goes there without you. But e- even if you don't want to sell it, it helps to run a business like that. My definition of a business is that it runs without you there. Yeah, you have to be there. It's yeah. not a business. You know, you're a sole trader, or you've bought yeah. yourself a job. And look, there's some some more freedom than that than working for someone else. Yes, you're your own boss, but it's not really a business. A business should run without you there. And yeah. then I think if, if you can have that mindset shift, it, and I'm not saying you don't have. To, I'm not saying you don't have to be there. You might love what you do. That's great. But set the business up so it's there running without you. And then you can do what you want. If you want to go and work harder, great. Go and, you know, work harder. Do some extra sales. Go and give some speeches. Mm -hmm. Go and teach some extra classes. Meet some people. Do some charity stuff, you know, whatever it is. But at least put yourself in that opportunity. You know, if you don't want to be there, if you don't don't want to work harder, great. Go and start a whole new business. Go and play golf. Go and sit back on the beach, you know, whatever it is there. (laughs) Well, I always tell my clients, you know, you don't want to replace, like I came from a corporate job. So I understand the nine to five. I mean, I work, you know, almost 60 hours a week. So you don't want to start a business and replace your business with another job, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you, you said it right on the dot. Systems allow you to really scale up and to get your time back. And that's really what we are all going after, right? To be able to build that lifestyle so we can do the things that uh, we want to do. And one of the things that I also recognize with a lot of the clients is, you know, they want to have control over everything, Mm -hmm. right? They want to be the manager. They want to be the visionary. They want to be, you know, the payroll. They want to teach classes. And, you know, you can't be the jack of all trades when you're running a business. And you need to recognize that your ego is your biggest overhead. So un- until you let go of that ego and recognize you need to hire people, you need to have systems to help you move forward, I think it's, uh, it's a huge mental shift. Agree. I've got, so my two more of my favorite quotes, these two quotes mm. literally changed my life. I went to a you know, business seminar and they were talking about scaling and systems yeah. and whatnot. Uh, and quote, like 
it was basically two mindset shifts where if you have the old mindset, you're never going to be successful or you're never going to run a business without you there, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, it was uh, nobody can do it like me. Mm. If you have that mindset, you're gone. Oh, yeah, you're done. (laughs) It's like if if you, like, because here's the thing. I think the thing with that is obviously at the start, okay, if you've done it for five, ten years, of course no one's going to do it as as good as you. But it's your job to give them the blueprint and be like, hey, if you do bang, 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 then they're going to do it as, as good as me. And also I feel it's a bit of a subconscious thing as well. Well, let's just say, let's use a fitness trainer as an example. And you're yeah. running all the sessions yourself and you've tried hiring someone and they suck, you know, running the, the sessions themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think that it's, if you think, ah, oh, no one can do it like me, you're probably going to find faults in that person. You know, and be like, ah, they're not as good as me. See you later, bye. Instead yeah. of just trying to teach them and be like, you know what, they can be as good as me if I, you know, if I do this or, or if I do that. So I think that's one mindset that really helped me. And not just with, with the assist, with the marketing, with the sales, you need to, if, you're, if you've got that mindset, you've gone. You need to get yeah. that, that ego out of the way. Uh, yeah. And then the other one is it's quicker if I just do it myself. I, <laughs> I love good. that. I absolutely love <laughs> yeah. that. And, and once again, maybe at the start, okay, because yeah. especially out of the system, yeah. because if you've got to hire someone, you've got to write the system, you've got yeah. to get the system, teach them how to do it, monitor it. A task that might take you 10 minutes takes you an hour to teach someone else, yeah. right? Um, but the first time, then the second time might only take you half an hour mm-hmm. to teach them. And the next time, maybe 20 minutes, then 10 mm. minutes. Then you'd never need to do it again in your life. And you just check in once a month to make sure that it's, it's being yeah. done correctly there, you know? Well, I'll tell you something that you can do right now. If, you know, the listeners are looking to hire people, I would suggest start documenting everything you do. Like mm-hmm. just put it on a Google Word yep. and just write down every single thing you do, the procedures, the process of things. And guess what? When you're ready to hire your first assistant or when you're ready to hire someone else to be a right hand or the left hand man, um, you just pass that on and they take over and they're able to build a manual which can pass on to your employees. Uh, it just helps with the training. I think it's all about, I always say documentation beats conversation. You know, oh, yeah. um, just got to always document every single thing you do because I think that just allows you to cut that time in house. In training someone new. 100%. And, and the mm-hmm. way I look at that, like it's common, and not just fitness business owners, every business owner, right? Like they'll hire yeah. someone, they'll tell that person what their job is, uh, and then, you know, the staff member will forget to do it or do it wrong, and the business owner will, will get, oh, I told them to do it last week and they, they didn't yep. do it, you know? And yeah, all right, maybe you told them, but you told them that along with a 100 other things that they've just got to yep. try and remember yeah. or, or write down, you know? Yep. So the way I look at it is if I... Uh, if, if there was a task that I wanted done and it hasn't gotten done, if I had it written down and it's in the manual or it's in the, the to-do yep. list on there and we can both see it and they haven't done it, it's their fault. Mm-hmm. If I haven't written it down, that's my fault. Yep. If I tell them offhand, oh, hey, Sashan, can you do this for me? And they don't do it, that's my fault. It's not in yeah. the system. I haven't documented it. Or if they do something and it's not the way I wanted it done, it goes back to the manual. Well, hold on. Did yep. I write it in the manual? oh, shit, I didn't write it in the manual. That's my fault as the business yep. owner. Yep. And it's, it's, really, it's really taking that full responsibility, right? It's just, um, you know, you can't, um, you, you, you got to lead by example. And I think a lot of the studio owners that I work with, you know, they, get, they jump into 
this business, the fitness business of making money. And there's nothing wrong with that, but they think that they can just open up a studio and collect a paycheck. But no, at the end of the day, you have to lead by example. You know, I've worked with some many, many studio owners that lead by example that end up, you know, um, uh, just washing the bathroom or cleaning the bathroom, just like you got to lead by example. And if you don't do it, you can't really put that on the manual because guess what? Now there's some miscommunication. Yes. Right? Love that. And the other, the other way I like to look at it is even if I delegate a task to someone else, it's still my responsibility. So everything in the business is my responsibility, but I'll delegate outwards. So let's yeah. say whatever it is, let's say it's, um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, let's use cleaning the bathrooms as an example, right? Yeah. It's my job as the owner to make sure the bathrooms are clean or it's my, sorry, it's my responsibility to make sure they're clean. How yep. I do it, how I get that done is up to me, whether I do it myself, whether mm -hmm. I hire cleaners, whether I, I pay a staff member, but it's my responsibility to get that done. If I don't do like a, and I'm, I'm an outcomes guy. I'm just want to, I've got a list of outcomes. Okay. Have these been reached? Okay, great. The business is going well. So I'll be able to walk into a bathroom. Okay. What am I looking at here? Here are the 10 things I need to look at. Bang, 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 bang. It's done. Great. Good job. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I'm still responsible for it. I'm checking that it's being done, but I'm not actually doing it myself. Yeah. Whereas if I didn't do that, that check of the outcomes, like, does it get done? Does it not get done? Who yeah. knows? You know, is, is the yeah, staff yeah. even going to put in the effort because no one's checking it, you know? Yeah. And you're leaving it up to chance. You can run a business on chance. Yes. Awesome. Everything needs to be factual, I believe. Agree. All right. Yeah. Let's do a bit of a, so your ideal client, Sashan, or the most common client. So they're, they're usually a studio owner, would you say? Yeah. Uh, either one unit or multiple unit studio owners that are looking to either franchise uh, that are just missing the gap in the systems. Um, yeah. That's my ideal client that, that just works maybe like 80, 90, 100 hours a week, right? Yeah, uh, because right. they want to have everything controlled. They know how to do everything themselves. Um, so yeah, that's my ideal client. Okay, now question there. So let's run with that. That's perfect. And this will be easy because that used to be me. You know, it was just like, I'm a hard worker. You know, I'm going to work. Yeah. I'm going to outwork everyone. I'm going to work yeah. 100 hours. And look, there, there can be some examples with that. It's, it's, but there's a difference between working 100 hours yourself or mm. managing a team where yeah. they work 100 hours. You can still work 100 hours, but now you've got yeah. 200 hours yeah. because you've got a team working 100 hours and you're doing the 100 yourself. It's, yeah. it's, it's better. Or oh, you don't have it's to work working smart. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So now that person there, are they usually a, a one-person show? They open the gym, they run the classes, they do the admin, they do the sales, they do the marketing. Is that usually who you see? Yeah, so right now, a couple of my clients are just running the show themselves. Um, yeah. We are looking to add on new uh, recruits, new hires into the platform. Um, but mostly, you know, someone who is a owner slash general manager that has a head coach that's sort of my ideal client. They don't necessarily have a general manager themselves. Uh, they don't have a lot of coaches, you know, the owners coaching as well as managing the studio. So there's a lot of organizational charts kind of all over the place. Um, those are the kind of clients I'm currently working with. Gotcha. So let me get my head around this. Let's, let's even go back a step. Let's say it's just the one person, the one person yeah. show, they're doing everything. Is the first hire they should make a head coach? 
So it depends on the scenario, right? Um, so it depends on what you want to, what your strengths are. That's why I love doing a SWOT analysis. So if mm-hmm. anyone has never done a SWOT analysis, you literally, you know, you can message me and ask me and I can just walk you through it. It just allows you to really understand, okay, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. So I always say in a business, there's always a visionary and an integrator, right? So if you're a visionary, your main job is to hire an integrator, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're an integrator, your job is to obviously hire a visionary that can take the company into the growth scale. But um, so, you know, for example, if you're the one person running the show and you're just a visionary, you know exactly what you want to do. You're great at uh, member experience, creating the programs, but you suck at systems. Guess what? Your first hire should be a manager, gotcha. right? Uh, the managers can help you integrate, uh, vice versa. Right. So you just have to figure out what your strengths are. And maybe, you know, your first hire could be an assistant as well. Right. Just to offload a lot of the things that needs to be done. Um, But you just got to figure out where your strengths are, because a lot of owners, what I realize is they're they're good at so many things, Mm -hmm. but there's always few things that are really you're really, really good at. And those are the things you want to spend majority of your time, right. Eighty percent of your time. And uh, I think once you recognize that, it's easy to just build a higher out. Okay, so question on this. So um, let me know how to put this. Okay, let's just say we simplified it and we said, hey, there's there's two sides to the business. There's the sales and marketing side to mm-hmm. it. How do we get people in and sign them up? Uh, and then there's the delivery side of things, you know? Hey, mm-hmm. how can I actually train these people and, and run the class and that sort of thing? Now, I think in a traditional model, and what I, what I see a lot of on my end anyway, is usually uh, the trainer will, will sort of work down the scale. It's like, all right, cool. First thing I'll do is, you know, unload the classes and get someone else to teach and I'll focus on the sales and marketing. Then I'll get someone to do the help with the, yeah. the um, sales and marketing and then I'll oversee the whole thing. I've got the sales and marketing over there, the operations over there. Does it always work like that or can it sometimes work to be like, hey, I'm going to bring someone else to do the sales and the marketing. I do the delivery. Can that work? Like yeah. that? So I believe that if you're, so I always say as a trainer or studio owner, right, your product is your program, mm. right? That's your product. So if you're delivering your product and you're really goddamn good at it, you need to stick to that and hire a person that can help you with your sales and marketing. Right. And there are so many companies out there, third parties that can help you with the sales and marketing. And, you know, the the thing is, you got to think about a funnel, right? Traffic leads and conversion. So if you're struggling with uh, creating traffic, guess what? You need to hire someone to help you build the awareness, build the traffic. So that way, you know, you are you can come in and close those people out. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So let's break it down a little further then. So let's say we've got. Uh, on the left-hand side, we've got mm-hmm. sales and marketing, but they're two completely different things, sales and marketing. They're completely, yeah. Completely different. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I was in a panel once on Clubhouse and one of the guys were asking, what's more important, sales or marketing? You know, um, I, I don't know. What do you think? What's, what's your answer on this? Look, if I had to answer, I would say sales. I think they're yeah. both important because even if I'm selling, I need someone to sell to. You know, yeah. I can be the best the best salesperson in the world, but if I've got no leads coming in, you know, it's, it's not much point. But yeah. the reason why I'll give priority to sales is if I'm good at sales, all I need is one lead. Yeah. You know? And I'm not going to close every single lead. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, but yeah. like 
if I can if I can just get one lead come through, I'm yeah. a good chance of closing that lead, and I yeah. can make an ROI then and there. Whatever I spend, yeah. great. If I suck at sales, I'm going to have to work so hard at marketing. Yeah. I might need yeah. to get 10, 20, 30, yeah. 40, 50 leads but before I make one. So I would probably yeah. prioritize sales, but I do yeah. think marketing is important. What, what would you say, Sashan? I, I would say sales as well. Um, yeah. The only reason is, I mean, we... We don't we don't get into the business of not for profit organizations, you know. Yeah. Uh, we get into the business of making money, and I think it's really important to focus on making that sale. And some people might say, "Hey, your sales leads come from marketing." Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You can have all the leads you yeah. want. I mean, I work with studios that we get three hundred, four hundred, five hundred leads coming in every week, mm-hmm. and nothing gets closed. Yeah. And guess what? They just don't know how to sell, right? So I think sales is a really important part because if you can get really good at sales, you can have play the numbers in your favor, yeah. right? Uh, instead of talking to 100 people, now you can talk to 10 people and close maybe two or three people, yeah. right? So I think it's really important people understand that. Yes, agree. Oh, yeah, I know. We, we kind of... So let's let's go down that angle. Let's say a trainer's listening to this. They're like, hey, I suck at sales and marketing. You know, I'm going to focus on... Actually, we'll go... A step the other way. I'll, I'll do a summary and then we'll go from there. So yeah. I, I do think it is easier uh, if if you're better at the sales and marketing as the 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 owner. I think it's easier because it's there's plenty of coaches. They're easy to hire. You know, hire a coach, mm-hmm. right? train them up, go that way. There, you focus sales and marketing. Um, but if we go the other way, it's a little harder. So we'll spend a minute there, and it's like, all right, cool. You know, you're as the trainer, you're really good at the product. You want to train people. You want to run the classes but you want someone else to, to do the sales and marketing for you. Let's put them in one category to start with and then we'll, we'll go deeper. Uh, then you essentially need to look at it and be like, all right, is it marketing I need help with or is it sales? And if it's mm-hmm. like, all right, cool, am I getting any traffic, any leads? Okay, cool. I'm getting none of these. I've I got to bring a marketing person in to bring me leads. But then let's understand those people are just bringing me leads. I still yeah. need to close those sales yeah. myself, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Or it could be the other way. could be like, hey, you know, I'm really good at, at the marketing, but I'm not that great at the, the sales, you know? So yeah. I the yeah. marketing, but I need someone to, to do these the sales here. Where I think it can get tricky, you know, I think it depends which way you go. I'll, I'll share my thoughts. Let me know what, what yep. you think. Then. I think, actually, I think, I think you need to be able to sell as the studio owner. Because I think it's going to be hard. I don't think there's many just closers out there, you know, that you can just be yeah. like, you know, oh, I'll hire a team of closers. And you probably have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars if you want to, yeah. if you find them and, and do them. Uh, you can bring someone else on to do the sales, but it's probably going to be you that needs to train them up. Yeah. Or you hire someone and then you'll need to, you know, send them to sales coaching or whatever it may be. But I think it's easier if you at least, if you learn selling on your own and then teach it to someone else, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I definitely agree. Like either owner or fitness trainer, right? You really, really have to learn how to sell because one, you know, there's even if you hire third parties, you're going to end up paying commissions and you're still getting a cut out of whatever profits you make, right? But also you need to understand that at the end of the day, this is your business, yeah. right? So if you act in a mindset of if you're your owner, your trainer, your business is making six, seven figures a year, and all of a sudden your team just vanishes, what do you do? If your salespeople just quit, and guess what? They have the right to quit. 
you need to learn to take that business back on. And that's why it's really important, uh, the owner and the trainer to really understand how to do sales. And, you know, a lot of people, I think a lot of people get scared of sales. And I, for me personally, I, you know, I have like almost 20 years of sales experience and sales is nothing but learning to connect with someone and understanding what their problem is and you providing a solution, right? It's simple as that. And I don't believe in car salespeople. I don't, you know, I don't train a lot of my owners to be like that. I don't train a lot of my trainers to be like that. You just need to be authentically care, genuinely care about their problem and provide the solution. That's what sales is. You know, there's no manipulation game. Love it. It's like the way I look at sales is almost like having a conversation with a friend. Exactly. If a friend yeah. comes up to me, they're like, man, I'm so stressed with yeah. my relationship or my fitness or yeah. my business, whatever it is. I'll, I'll, I'll chat. Okay. Why is that? Oh yeah. Cool. 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 Awesome. Hey, this is what I would do. If yeah. I was you, I would do this. And if it's yeah. a friend, most of us are pretty confident. Most of us sell our friends harder than we sell. Yeah. Clients, right? you know? Isn't it funny how like you don't end up selling like sales techniques to your best friends. Like you just have a normal conversation. Right. And if they don't, if they reject you, guess what? You're going to pursue because you believe in your solution, right? And so you want to help like, them. And you want to help them. You want to help them. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's and like you're you, not... you go harder. You know, if I'm speaking exactly. to mom, you got to do mom, do this. I'm not getting any money from it. I just genuinely want my mom <laughs> yeah. to do it because it's going to be yeah. better for her. You know? Yeah. That's, exactly. and that's what I think. I think most people that have uh, sales problems uh, that aren't good at sales, it's Maybe it's a salespeople for some, but a lot of them, it's a money pro. It's a money mindset issue. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've got, if they were selling it for free, they'd hard sell the crap out of it. Absolutely. But as soon as yeah. someone has to give them money, it's nervous and oh, I feel bad and I don't yeah. rip them off. And so I think that's yeah. important. Um, yeah. So I think we've got to sell on their own, but I think it's easier to outsource the marketing because I think as long as you can sell, you can pay someone and be yeah. like, hey, yeah. just get me, a, you're yeah. a Facebook ad person, you know? Here's what I do, you know, just give me a whole heap of leads. Get me phone numbers or get people to book a call with me or get people to do a free yeah. trial or enter their email. Or just get me a phone, get me a conversation with someone yeah, yeah. and I'll do the rest, you know? Yeah, or yeah. a Google Ads person, you know? Hey, yeah, you know, great, yeah. you do Google Ads, cool. You know, go on my Google Ads, get me um, get me leads and, and I'll close them. I think yeah. what's important there is the, the um, a few things. I think, once again, the way I look at that, is still as the business owner, you take responsibility, okay. but you sort of pass that responsibility on. You'd say, hey, Sashant, what are you, what am I paying you? Thousand bucks a month. Okay, great. How much am I putting in, in ad spend? Thousand bucks a month. Okay, great. What are you going to deliver me? How many leads are you going to deliver me for that price there? And yeah. then from there, you can have that confidence. It's not like you just pay someone a thousand bucks and who knows? Oh, I got you clicks or views or you know, yeah. it's like, what's, what am I paying you for? What's the yeah. outcome? Then I can do the math. You say, well, Jono, with, you know, with, give me that and I'll give you a hundred leads. I can do the math and be like, okay, my program's 500 bucks. You know, I sell mm -hmm. four of them. Okay. That's broken even. Okay. I sell eight of them, you know? Okay. Now I've, I've made extra mm -hmm. money. Yeah. I think I can close eight out of a hundred. You do yeah. the math and, and it works. Is that how you look at marketing or how would you look at bringing a marketing person on? Yeah. So couple of things, you know, in marketing, there's two, there's two parts to it. There's organic and there's paid, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people think in order for you to get leads, you have to do paid ads. You have to spend $1,500. I mean, when I was running studios, we were spending close to $30,000 just on marketing ads, right? Mm -hmm. You can build a successful six-figure business just doing organic marketing, right? 
And for me, what marketing is really simply awareness, right? Mm -hmm. How many people that you can get in front of, um, you know, doing podcast shows or doing, um, you know, just um, some of the things that we used to do owners, we would do farmers market, um, you know, uh, corporate events, like all these things. It's all about the awareness of your product, right? And it's how many eyeballs can you put in front of your product? I think that's what marketing is. And obviously, you funnel everybody into qualified leads and then closing out. But I think marketing at the end of the day is awareness. It's really, really about how many people can you get in front of um, to share your product. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, and I want to I share something real quick too. I think this yeah. will be very valuable. So when it comes to sales, I know we talked a little bit about the sales, how, you know, um, the rejection and all that. Um, I think the number one key in sales is not being attached to the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us, I know when I first started in banking, when I was, you know, in private banking, when we were selling, I was so attached to a client that I prayed. I literally at night, I would, you know, get down on my knees and literally pray that this client would get close. Right. And in sales, the emotions have no space. Right. So you kind of have to, um, get yourself, uh, unattach yourself from the outcome and just play the numbers. You know, um, I always say play the numbers. If you lack in skill, play the numbers high and numbers don't lie. Yes. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll back off that. So yeah, yeah. this from a, a sales coach when they were teaching rejection, I used to have a little bit of, oh, this person doesn't sign mm-hmm. up. They don't like me, yada, yada, yada. And the sales coach was like, that's not rejection. You know, rejection yeah. is maybe you've been married to a woman for 40 years and she's yeah. cheated on you with, with your, your brother and then, you know, they've <laughs> left you and taken all your money and your family's disowned you and they've taken mm-hmm. your kids. That's rejection. Yeah. Someone's saying they don't want to buy your fitness program? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's putting they don't even know you well. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And not even... Not even they never want, they just don't want to buy it right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe that might change in a couple of weeks or a, or a couple of months. Yeah. Or so I, I love that. And I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, this is like so many good nuggets here. Um, another thing is follow up, right? Fortune is oh. in the follow up. And I think a lot of salespeople, and this is something I had to learn in the hard way, you close majority of your sales through follow ups, right? Oh, yeah. Just because when somebody says no, guess what? You put them on a drip list and you continue. I call it marinate them, right? Uh, same thing. When marinate them till they're ready to get uh, grilled. That's, you know, that's when you know. I always say it's, this is kind of like a principle I lived by when I was in finance was the only reason uh, it, they're going to say you, you get the right to stop talking to them is if they say they're not completely interested or if they die. Yeah. Two things, yeah. right? Other than that, you have the right to follow up with them because guess what? You have a solution. You have the right to help them. And eventually they'll see the light and they'll always end up coming. And you want them to remember your name. So that's why follow-up is very, very important. 100%. Oh, yeah, I'll back that. But let me think if I can piggyback off that. Um, yeah, I mean, most, most the first time you contact people, they usually don't even answer their phone, you know, or don't reply to their, their email. So if you just do yeah. one, you're, you're gone, you know? And I think yeah. it's sort of... And I think there's a, a few, even follow up in many different ways. I feel like, let's mm-hmm. say you do call someone and they answer the first time and they tell me no straight away. I'll still question that. Oh, okay. Yeah, out of curiosity, yeah. why not? I'll, I'll even follow up on that first call, right? If they don't answer that first call, hey, I'll send a text and call them back the next day and then send a mm-hmm. text and call them back the next day. 
and then send a text to call them back yeah. the next day, you know? Yeah. Um, and until, and the only reason I stop is because I've got fresh leads coming in. You know, if I didn't yeah. have fresh leads coming in, I'd probably still just yeah. keep um, keep calling and texting. But yeah. if not, there's email, you know, there's a drip or, you know, yeah. you send out a weekly email and it goes, it takes five minutes to write an email and it goes to everyone there. And like, I've had people that have been like, you know, hey, John, I've been following you for four or five years, but now I'm finally ready to buy. Yeah. Just because, yeah. Um, just because I haven't given, and I don't call them every day for five years, you know, yeah, it's emails or it's Facebook or, or whatever. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, I think that's super important. And it's at the end of the day, they want to do business with people they know, like, and trust, right? It's the common thread that we all see. Like, when was the last time you did business with strangers, right? You got to build that relationship, build relationships. And this is something that I always, always like, I'm a big component of this. So, 100%. And even the, the way I look at that is let's say someone inquires, you give them a call, you have a chat, they're not interested. You objection handle, they're still not interested. You know, they want to think about it. They're not interested, whatever, you know, they, yeah. they don't buy there. But, you know, as long as you had that good conversation with them, you've stayed in touch via email, social yeah. media, maybe even another call and text message. In six months' time, when that person's finally ready to train somewhere, are they going to go and Google some random that they've never heard of, never had anything to do with, don't know anyone? Or are they mm-hmm. going to go to you who actually took the time to speak yeah. to them? And they're going to pick you yeah. up. Sorry, yep, absolutely. Important. Um, now, Sushan, there's a few questions I like to always finish off the podcast with. Uh, one of them is around mentors. So I'm, you're obviously a mentor for plenty of trainers out there. I'm curious to hear who your mentors have been. And if you could answer this in a few different ways, if you could give us a mentor that you've paid money to and done their course or um, hired them as a coach or whatever it may be, uh, an unpaid mentor, so someone that you follow on social media or you mm. watch their YouTube videos or you, you haven't paid money to them, but you consume some sort of their content and yeah. a book that you recommend every fitness professional who wants to grow their fitness business should read. What can you see traction Ooh. right back there, I think, in your... Yeah, you see that. (laughs) That's actually a really good book. That book actually talks about the integrator and visionary. So Mm. I'll actually start off with that. So if you actually a individual that's looking to scale your business, definitely read that book, Traction. That's a really good book. Uh, It's by uh, Gino Wickman, right? Uh, He talks a lot about the, uh, the, the EOS system that he has built and talks about the visionary and integration. So... Uh, in terms of mentors, I'm, I'm a huge, huge believer having a mentor. I've had mentors since I was 21 years old from banking to, you know, marketing to online business. Um, I've had a couple of coaches. I actually, in fact, I'll tell you this. When I was in Australia, I met an individual. I forgot his actually first name. It's been so long. And I paid, uh, I, I believe it was like almost 10 grand or 13 grand to go to Bali for seven days and get mentored in a business mentorship, right? Fitness, I believe in- Fitness business mentorship, was it? Yeah, it's a business Chris, mentorship. Chris Duffy? Was it him? No, it was uh, Jeff something. It's been so long. Um, no, no. Um, oh man, I'm blanking on the name. I know his first name is Jeff. I apologize for that. But the, the part that I want you to understand is it wasn't even about- it's not even about the name. It's about how he was able to convey and mentor. You know, um, that's one of the things I paid. Uh, I pay also paid a online course for marketing 
Um, so I strongly, strongly believe in having mentors and, you know, mentors, they see things that you can't see, right? Um, I've had mentors that, you know, is making a million dollars a month to, you know, mentors that were making 10K a month. I mean, everybody has a different perspective. So a mentor is anyone, you know, a lot of people think, sorry to go um, tangent, but a lot of people think mentors should have, you know, they should be a millionaire, they should do that. But mentors should be 10 steps ahead of you. That can be any mentor online, uh, in person, you know, the, obviously the income is a justification that they're doing something right. Um, but yeah, just always remember that the mentor should always lead by example and always be 10 steps ahead of you. So awesome. What about hopefully that answers your question? Yeah. Well, can you give us that? And, <laughs> it's like a long call. <laughs> just one unpaid mentor. Who do you, who's the best person to follow on social media? Mm. Apart from yourself, obviously go and uh, follow follow the shower. I think the best, um, who do I actually, uh, there is a gentleman. Oh, there's a gentleman by the name of James Redmore. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's one of my individual, like he's an individual that made a huge, huge um, uh, impact, you know, because just the way from, his thinking mindset. I think he's a great individual. Um, man, there's Alex Hamanzi in the mm. uh, business oh, uh, fitness space. He's great. I mean, there's so many individuals, right, that have paved the way. Uh, but I really do look up to those two individuals, and you know, it's it's their mindset that I'm attracted to. So, yes, love it. Okay, and um, Sashan, if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, this guy is cool. I, I want to follow him. Is the best place your Instagram? Is that where we should reach out? Yeah, just reach me out. Send me a DM. Always say hi. I would love to connect with new uh, new people. Um, yeah, just send me a DM. Awesome. And it is uh, sashan.nisanka? Yeah, sashan.nisanka. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. Yeah, you can find me on all the social media platforms. Awesome. And I'll put those links in the, the show notes. Uh, sashan, that's pretty much all I wanted to get through for today. Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't? Or is there anything you want to finish this off with? I think the biggest thing, I'll finish it off with what we started. You know, one person with courage is a majority. So if you always have this fear and the anxiety, and I, this, you know, I'm someone that had to go through my um, experience of fear and anxiety, always ask yourself, you know, if you're 10 times bolder, what would you do? Right. Every morning, if you're fearful of taking action, fearful of, uh, you know, answering a phone call or making that sales call, ask that question. If I'm 10 times bolder or if I'm 10 times more courageous, what would I do? And just listen to what your mind would throw out, because those are the answers that you need to follow through. And I think that question has saved me so many times in facing the rejection. So um, that's the last thing I want to say. Love it. Love that. And it's hey, so thank you so much for your time too. I absolutely appreciate you having me on here. No, no. I'm uh, glad you came on. I, I love that finisher because it's sort of like if you'd say, hey, if I was 10 times bolder, what would I do? And if you just do those things, hey, within a couple of weeks, you're going to be 10 times bolder. Exactly. <laughs> you work, yeah. you've done the things, yeah. Keep asking that question. Hey, within a year, you're going to be a thousand times and yeah. yeah. from there. I, I'm a huge believer. Courage can take you so far out in life. You know, uh, courage is, you know, courage to make the phone call, courage to ask a girl out at the bar, right? It's just all takes up that nudge, the courage to do that first. Because when you, once you do it first time, 
second, third time, it's just now practice. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, now let's perfect it, right? So. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. All right, well, Sashan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Jonah. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.